And today we're going to be going over week 11 start sit research and hopefully giving you everything that you need to know to make your decisions on who needs to be in and who needs to be out of your lineups this week. Really starting to move into playoff time and um, decisions are being made as who's in is who is out. So I think it's really time to start making sure that we buckle down and are serious about our start sit information. Although I tell you what, I've been serious all year long. I just know that this is definitely the time of year where things are starting to get a little more tense and everyone start to be nervous. Like even if you had Saquon Barkley, people are beginning to question playing him. Things just get a little crazy around this time of year, but we'll move on now. As always, there will be timestamps down in the description below and leave a comment down in the description if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, or just want to say hello. Um, quite a few weeks ago, we went through a few weeks stretch where me and Rob just simply weren't answer, were able to answer comments, uh, but that hasn't been the way recently. The uh, last couple weeks, really been answering a lot more questions and comments, and I've really enjoyed it. Just talking football with you guys, it's great, so make sure to leave a comment. Um, as you probably noticed, many of you at least noticed, Rob is not here. That's because he is back down in the cities with my sister who is uh, getting some testing on her brain right now. She currently has 72 little scanners on her brain uh, measuring the electrodes going bouncing around. I don't know. It's all a bunch of science stuff. But anyways, he's not here for that reason. So he'll be back hopefully uh, within our next couple of days and he can hop in on one of our videos, maybe our Friday injury update video. But Let's continue on with this. I don't think we need to waste any more time. I think we should just get into the first game and start talking about what you guys need to know. All right, so game number one for this week is the Steelers versus the Browns. Let's start off talking about the Steelers and Mason Rudolph. Actually, let's start talking about the Steelers in general. Uh, they've won five of their last six games, and they would actually would have won all six of their last games if it weren't for a last-minute field goal against the Ravens. In fact, I believe they were leading with two minutes and 39 seconds left. Excuse me, I don't think it was a field goal, but they were, they were leading. Uh, they played well against a very good Ravens team as we saw what they did against the Patriots, but... Good for the Steelers, man. Uh, you lose Ben Roethlisberger, you lose Antonio Brown this year, you lose Le'Veon Bell last year, and you're down to James Conner, who then keeps getting hurt. And you guys just continue to play well, so th that's awesome. I mean, congratulations. It's, it's great to see a team overcoming. As far as the fantasy aspect goes, uh, Mason Rudolph should be sat this week. Now, here's why. He's simply not a fantastic quarterback. We have seen the way that that team has been hurt and then the way they have played. And when you look at the way the Steelers have played, they've been winning games based off their defense and their running game. And I think they've been hurt a lot. He's just simply not quite as productive as other guys. Now, when you look at the last six games, uh, that defense has allowed just 16 points and had 27 sacks. That's how good that Steelers team has been. That's what they lean on. And so I would definitely be playing that Steelers defense. We'll get to that in a little bit, though. I just don't trust Mason Rudolph. I mean, plain and simple put, the fantasy numbers aren't there. So move on now to James Conner and Jalen Samuels. Of course, if James Conner plays, that you should start him. That much is very obvious and very simple. I don't think I need to waste much time on that, especially when we factor in bye weeks, injuries, and other, you know, maybe having a bad draft and such. But Jalen Samuels, on the other hand, in PPR leagues can be considered a running back too if James Conner misses. If James Conner plays, I don't think you should play Jalen Samuels. He has a lot of upside if he can get the volume, but he only gets the volume when James Conner is out. I don't think I need to touch anything more on that. To me, it seems pretty plain and simple, pretty straightforward. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster, he has been a bit of a disappointment this year. Not the Juju that we used to know. He is definitely missing Ben Roethlisberger. Poor guy needs his quarterback back. That's for certain. Uh, when you really account that in, he just hasn't had that great of a year. And when you factor in the fact that Browns give the 12th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, and he's going to be lining up across from quarterback Denzel Ward this week. Denzel Ward is allowing just 42% completion percentage and 39 receiving yards a game. 
Not only that, but he has played bad. Now, Juice Schuster is as, as talented as a wide receiver one. He's a wide receiver one talent. But because of his quarterback play and the scheme of that team and how they're running things, he's really been a wide receiver three this season. This week in a tough matchup, I would call him a wide receiver four, but I know that many people don't have a fourth wide receiver good enough to replace him. So it purely depends on your wide receiver depth. I think you should probably play him, though I don't think it's a great matchup. Hopefully that made sense. I'm a little bit all over the place, but I think it's still Juju Smith-Schuster and his upside means you should probably put him in your lineup. We've got Deontay Johnson and James Washington. These guys have huge upside. At one point, they were both considered the number two wide receiver on the team. Right now, they've, they've pretty much clearly split 50-50 in their roles. Long term, I like James Washington more. Rob agreed with me on that one, and so... I definitely think I'd like to own him long-term. Right now, I wouldn't start either guys, though. If we're just talking about this week, I don't trust them. It's not an easy matchup. Sit these guys. Tight end Vance McDonald. Um, in eight games this year, only two of them has he really been fantasy startable. And the Browns are, uh, they do average. They give the 16th fewest points to tight ends. That's right around the middle. I would sit Vance McDonald. I would also sit their kicker, Chris Boswell. Um, He's been pretty moderate this year. Hasn't been terrible, but hasn't been great. And I don't imagine this will be a super high-scoring game. Now we come to the Steelers, and I just said I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game, but if it is a high-scoring game, I think a lot of those points could come from the Steelers' defense. Seven consecutive weeks, they have scored double-digit fantasy points, and as I mentioned earlier, they have been getting after the quarterback. Um, so I would definitely play the Steelers this week. Flipping on sides now and talking about the Browns, Baker Mayfield, he has struggled. And with how good that defense has been, I think you should sit Baker Mayfield. The Steelers allow the 11th fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks since week two. They're allowing only 13.5 fantasy points per game and just 218 yards. Heck, they have held four quarterbacks over 190 passing yards a game. Definitely sit him unless you are in two quarterback leagues or a very desperate situation. As far as the running backs go, start Nick Chubb. He is phenomenal. I have no question about it. The only question that people do have about it is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt looked good. I love it. This is note, uh, the notes that for this game Rob did. And what he wrote was, Rust didn't appear so. And that's exactly true. Kareem Hunt didn't look rusty. He looked great. And he went out. He had four carries for 30 yards, nine targets, seven catches, and 44 yards. In fact, Freddie Kitchens came out and said that they're going to continue to get him opportunities. This doesn't concern me for Nick Chubb. This is in four consecutive games, Nick Chubb has had 20 or more carries. And this is a guy who's going to average you 18 to 20 carries a game. One of those games, including last week with Nick Chubb. What we're going to see is Kareem Hunt taking over the passing game in the backfield and Chubb being the first and second down back. And then, of course, goal line in third and short. That's going to give him the majority of the fantasy value. He's got 5.3 yards per carry. Um, it's just been phenomenal. you got to play Nick Chubb. Now, Kareem Hunt can be played in large PPR leagues as a flex. It means you have to be in a league bigger than 12 teams in PPR league specific, but that is it. I wouldn't play him in standards, and I wouldn't play him in small leagues. Now, we've got Odell Beckham Jr. I would start him as a low-end wide receiver, too. He's been a disappointment this year, and the Steelers allow the 16th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. And not one wide receiver has broken over 100 yards on them all season. But simply based on the fact that it's Odell Beckham, the guy needs one slant route, one catch, one breakaway, and he can have a monster fantasy day. I think you have to play him purely for the upside. There is risk. He could be a dud. He could have a flat game. But you've got to put them in there as the upside. Are you going to play three wide receivers over him that both have better floors and more upside? I really doubt it. 
Jarvis Landry is a guy you got to start as a wide receiver as well. He has back-to-back weeks with a touchdown, and in five of the last six games, he has scored double-digit fantasy points in PPR leagues. In standard leagues, he holds less value, but you got to play him as a wide receiver too in PPR. I would sit all the Browns' tight ends, and I would sit their kicker. Um, he's just been struggling, and the Pittsburgh gives up the ninth-fewest fantasy points to opposing kickers. Finally, with the Browns' defense, I would sit them. They're averaging just 3.8 fantasy points per game over the last five games. That's my breakdown for the Steelers versus the Browns. As always, leave a comment if you have a question, and let's continue on with the video and get to the next game. All right, let's break down our next game, which is the Cowboys versus the Lions. Let's start off with the Lions and Matthew Stafford. He did miss last week with a back injury, and head coach Matt Patricia came out and said that he is truly day-to-day and week-to-week, which is very unfortunate. We could very well be seeing a multi-week injury for Matthew Stafford, and he could very well miss this game. However, if he does play, absolutely start him. If Matthew Stafford plays, he has been phenomenal. Before last week when he got hurt, he played against Minnesota and threw for 364 yards and four touchdowns. Then he played the Giants, had 342 yards and three touchdowns. Then he played Oakland, had 406 yards and three touchdowns. He's been phenomenal. He is a must start if he plays. If he does not play, this is a massive hit to that team and starts to make me very nervous for the value of everyone else. As far as the running backs go, the only running back that I would even consider is J.D. McKissick. Even then, he doesn't excite me. Now, in PPR leagues, over the last two weeks, he has scored 11 fantasy points and 16 fantasy points. So, in deep fantasy leagues, or excuse me, in deep PPR leagues, you can play him as a flex or a desperate running back too, but nothing more than that. J.D. McKissick just doesn't have a lot of value, and I wouldn't even consider it in a standard league, even in large leagues, honestly. Moving on to the wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, you got to start. Now, the Cowboys give up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, but Kenny Galladay has just been too good. He's got eight touchdowns in nine games, and four of those touchdowns have come in the last three games, um, including a score last week without Matthew Stafford. That's just how good he has been. If Matthew Stafford plays, start Kenny Galladay as a wide receiver, too. If not, he bumps down to a low wide receiver, three. Moving on now, we got Marvin Jones. Very similar situation in five of eight games this year. He's been a guy you shouldn't start. He hasn't been great. But in three of eight games, he's been a great start. He just has the potential to absolutely go off. If, uh, excuse me, if Matthew Stafford sits, you got to sit Marvin Jones. But if Matthew Stafford plays, Marvin Jones, for me, comes in as a high-end wide receiver three. Again, this is a tough matchup, but with how poor that running game is, they throw the ball quite a bit. Now, Danny Amendola, I think you should sit him. This is a guy who struggled uh, in seven of nine games. He's been a guy you should sit. He hasn't scored since week one. I just don't think that he's a guy that anybody has in a tough matchup with your quarterback probably out. I don't think you can play him. I don't think he has enough value. TJ Hawkinson is a low-end tight end start because the Cowboys give the third most fantasy points to tight ends. I would sit their kicker, Matt Prater, and I would sit the Lions defense. In fact, the Cowboys give up the fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Moving on now to the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. He's got back-to-back three touchdown passing games. He's looked great. Last week, Prescott completed 28 of 46 passes for 397 yards. He did throw an interception, but you have to remember, that was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. I don't think that was really his fault. That really came down to game script. I definitely think you have to start Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the Lions give the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Some people got concerned last week because he didn't play well. That was against a great, and I mean great, uh, run defense by the Minnesota Vikings. Don't try to get cute. Don't try to get smart. Ezekiel Elliott's still a stud play this guy. 
You also got to play Amari Cooper. He's averaging 22 fantasy points per game in PPR leagues. He is phenomenal. You got to play this guy. Michael Gallup, he can be played as a wide receiver three because he has scored in back-to-back games, but you are sort of gambling on his ability to score. However, the Lions do give up the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. That is a good matchup. I definitely like that. Jason Witten, um, he sees a fair amount of targets. I think he can be a low-end play in PPR leagues. Uh, he does have 30, or excuse me, yes, 36 catches this year, uh, but he hasn't scored since week two, so he can't be trusted in standards. I would start kicker Brett Maher. He's been a very good kicker, and this could be a very good game for him. And I would start the Cowboys defense if and only if Matthew Stafford is out. That's my wrap-up for this game. Let's move on to the Jags versus the Colts. All right, so let's talk about the Jaguars first and Nick Foles. He's going to be back this week. Of course, that's very exciting. We'll see how he does. Definitely have to monitor that. However, I don't think he is a very high start. I do like his weapons, especially if D.D. Westbrook comes back, D.J. Chark, Glenn Fournette. That's actually a pretty good offense. Not prolific, but effective. And I think he could be a very good fantasy quarterback. I don't trust him this week, however. The Colts allow the 12th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. And while they've been a bit bipolar, at times they've been very effective. So, get this. Against five quarterbacks, they have allowed 174 passing yards. Against the other four, they've allowed 316 passing yards. They are just hot and cold, night and day. When we look at the five quarterbacks that they shut down, it was Mariota, Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Mason Rudolph. The successful four quarterbacks were Pat Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, and Deshaun Watson. Simply put, the production of a quarterback versus that team is simply based on how talented the quarterback is. That is just the way that it's been. And while I think that Nick Foles could be a very good quarterback, his first game back, I'm a little bit nervous, especially if D.D. Westbrook doesn't play. I'm going to say he comes in as a quarterback, probably 12 to 14 range, just missing that starting mark, but very much a streamable quarterback if you're looking for an option this week. Len Fournette is a must start. Do you know he's actually on pace for 71 catches and over 500 receiving yards this year? And his 4.8 yards per carry is not just good among all running backs in the NFL. That's amazing considering he had just 3.3 yards per carry last season. This guy has just, in the offseason, we heard about how much great of shape he's gotten in and how much better he is. And, you know, yes, I believed it, but I don't think anyone believed it to this extent. He has been absolutely phenomenal. He's averaging 125 total yards per game. On volume alone, this is a must-start running back one. Plus, the production is there. I love Leonard Fournette every single week. D.D. Westbrook. Uh, everything seems to indicate D.D. Westbrook will be back this week. If he is back this week, he's got to come in as probably a wide receiver four. I don't think he's ever too phenomenal. Uh, but he is a helpful and important piece to that offense. Now we've got DJ Chark. Do you know he's actually 12th in fantasy wide receiver scoring this year? I play him as a wide receiver too. This guy's going to be a future All-Pro. I love DJ Chark. Heck, I want to get a DJ Chark jersey. That's what I want right now. In fact, what do you guys think? What kind of jerseys do you guys want to get? DJ Chark is one of them. Another one's probably Cooper Cup. But we'll move on. I would sit all Jaguars tight ends. And you got to start Josh, Josh Lambeau. He hasn't missed a kick all season he has been phenomenal if Jacoby Brissett misses this game start the Jaguars defense versus Hoyer if uh, Jacoby Brissett plays I would probably set the Jaguars defense after all the Colts do give up just 1.8 sacks per game that's my wrap-up for the Jaguars side let's go on now to the Colts and Jacoby Brissett now coach Frank Reich said this about Jacoby Brissett and his knee that if he is a full participant in practice on Wednesday he will start 
So that's something to check. We'll update you guys in our Friday video as to what we know. I think there's a lot of optimism. I think rest over the weekend really helped for Seth's knee, but there's very much a chance that he doesn't play. For the sake of the Colts fans and players, I hope Jacoby Brissett turns. For the sake of the Jaguars, of course, you hope he doesn't. Um, however, I wouldn't start Jacoby Brissett or Hoyer, and here's why. With T.Y. Hilton out, Paris Campbell out, and against a Jaguars defense that is allowing the 17th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, I would probably avoid playing them this week. Now we've got Marlon Mack versus the Dolphins. He saw a lot of loaded boxes. Uh, they really wanted to beat him up and force Brian Hoare to throw the ball. So he didn't have a fantastic game. But when you look back to last year versus the Jaguars, he had two games total, 56 yards and 20 carries for 2.8 yards per carry. So we see another game where probably not so great. Now right now he is fourth in the NFL for carries per game. So he has seen a lot, a lot of usage. And for that reason, you got to play him as an RB2 on volume alone. Although the Jaguars do get the 16th fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. If Hoyer plays, I think you should sit all wide receivers for the Colts. With uh, T.Y. Hilton out and Paris Campbell out, the only guy to mention is Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal is a guy you should start if Jacoby Brissett is in, though. He does have to play across from A.J. Boye, who is a great corner. I don't think he's quite as good as Jalen Ramsey, but he has been very effective. Um, he's had four good games this year mixed with four kind of duds this year. We just hasn't got the numbers up. For me, it really depends on the health of Jacoby Brissett. If uh, Jacoby Brissett is back, play him as a low-end wide receiver two or a medium to high wide receiver three. Uh, but if it's Hoyer, I don't trust Hoyer. He's just not getting the job done. Talk now about Doyle and Ebron. Back-to-back -back weeks with a touchdown for Jack Oil, but bring up, uh, excuse me, but Ebron had 12 targets last week, so just another confusing situation. I lean towards playing Ebron every single week simply by having more targets. I think in the long run, he should have more touchdowns, but it's a nervous situation. I guess this is why heading into the season before drafts, we kept telling people draft your tight end early because you don't want to be worrying about situations like this. Adam Venetieri, um, I don't think you should play this guy. He's been kicking awful this year. In fact, the Colts brought in a few kickers to try out and honestly try to replace this guy. Hasn't happened yet, but I won't be surprised if it happens soon. He could very well even be cut. But moving on now, we have the Colts defense. And the last thing we really got to talk about for this game, only once this season have they scored double-digit fantasy points. For that reason, you got to sit the Colts defense. And that is my wrap-up for this game. As always, I would encourage you, if you have any questions or comments, leave it down below. I want to move on now and get to talk about the Broncos-Vikings game. All right, so now I'd like to break down the Vikings versus the Broncos. We'll start off with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. I think he's a sit this week. And when we break it down, he's been phenomenal lately. After four weeks, everyone was hating on him. Since then, he's got 15 touchdowns to one interception. So why do I think you should sit him? Well, for starters, quite honestly, it looks like Adam Thielen is going to be out another week. And when you put uh, Stephon Diggs versus Chris Harris, that's going to be a tough matchup. Again, if you had Thielen versus Harris and Stephon Diggs as your second, there's some great mismatches and a lot of work that you could do there. But that's going to be a tough situation this week. As well as the Vikings will be playing at home against Brandon Allen, this honestly just not a great quarterback. The Vikings are going to do what they did, have done all year. They are going to stick to the running game. They're going to play defense, and I think they're going to win this game just fine. But for that reason, I don't think that he's got a lot of fantasy value this week. As far as running backs go, you have to start Dalvin Cook. He leads all of the NFL in rushing. He is fourth in fantasy scoring and, uh, excuse me, and second in uh, running back scoring and behind only Christian McCaffrey. He's been phenomenal. He's a must start. I don't think I even need to break down the numbers. <coughs> 
Now, Rob did this research. I'll read to you what he said about Adam Thielen. After they brought him back early, it, it kind of was a mistake. Looked like he got injured again. This is a guy who just doesn't quite honestly seem like he's going to be here this week. Now, if he does play, you obviously have to play him. I think that the Vikings would be stupid, however, to play him, and I'll tell you why. For a few reasons, uh, he doesn't seem healthy. You need this guy healthy. And the Broncos are a bad team. If you are a Super Bowl contender with the Vikings seem like they are, and they certainly think that they are, You, I mean, Super Bowl contenders, you got to beat this Brandon Allen. you got to beat the Broncos team without Adam Thielen. You really do. They just beat the Dallas Cowboys with Adam Thielen, so I think they got to feel good. I would definitely do that. Um, Chris Harris, he is holding opposing wide receivers to only 39.5 yards per game, so that's going to be a tough year for Stephon Diggs. Simply on volume, though, I think you should play Stephon Diggs. Yes, it is a tough matchup, but he's really the number one target without Adam Thielen. He's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way, even in a high-running game or a lot of defense sort of game. As far as the tight ends go, Kyle Rudolph, he's a red zone target. He's got four touchdowns and a two-point conversion in the last four weeks. But you have to remember, he went the first six weeks without a single touchdown and very little usage. He's averaging only three targets and 2.4 catches per game. He's got about 18 yards. Sit in PPRs, he's a low-end start in standards. Irv Smith has looked far more effective. He's looked really great this year. He's been targeted six times in each or excuse me, six times in three of the last four games. He is so young and so talented, and he is slowly growing that role as the number one tight end. And I'm excited to see next year what he can do for that offense. As a Vikings fan, that is very exciting. Uh, looking now at the kicker, Dan Bailey. Denver has the second most points uh, to kickers. I think you got to start Dan Bailey at home in this sort of a matchup could be great for him. And I would start the Vikings defense at home versus Brandon Allen. Broncos on the ninth most fantasy points of defenses. They could have just a field day. Flipping sides now, uh, Brandon Allen versus the Vikings defense. I'm going to say obvious sit. I think many people agree with me on that one. I don't think I need to really break that down too much. Now we've got Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. I'm going to say right now, plain and simple, I feel like you should sit them. We saw what they did last week to Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, few of you guys, there are certainly going to be people who are desperate with injuries, bye weeks. Um, maybe you did a no running back draft strategy or you had a bad draft or bad luck or whatever. We can talk about that. But they just held Ezekiel Elliott to 2.7 yards per carry. This is possibly the best run defense in the NFL. Previously one of the best run defense in the NFL, or still is, but the Philadelphia Eagles, phenomenal run defense. They previously played the Dallas Cowboys, and Ezekiel Elliott just trashed them. He ran all over them, left and right. So heading into this Vikings game, I thought that Elliott was going to have a good day, and they just stomped on him and shut him down. I think that's what the Vikings are going to do this game. I think they're going to shut down the run. They're going to load the box. They're going to focus on the ground game. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to force Brandon Allen to throw the ball against you. You're going to say, all right, if you guys want to win, we're going to make your quarterback do it for you. We're not going to let your defense and running game do it. So that is honestly really the trend that I'm expecting for this game. I don't trust either of those guys. However, they are high risk, high reward, very risky though, um, flex considerations, I guess. Royce Freeman has a lot less versatility, so it's, uh, he's got a little bit more value in standard, whereas Philip Lindsay's got you know that added PPR boost. 
Cortland Sutton, um, in PPR league scoring, he's at double-digit points every single game except for one. You should definitely consider him based on volume. He's on pace for 78 catches, 1,200 yards, and seven touchdowns. Now, he does play a Vikings defense uh, that has actually struggled against the pass, allowing the fourth-most fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, Rob put this down. you got to start him as a wide receiver, too, this week. Now, Noah Fant at the tight end position, he's coming off a big game, but he's only had three catches, one being for 75-yard touchdown. He's hardly a guy that you can rely on. I have to think that last week was a bit of a fluke. I would probably sit Noah Fant, and if you're going to play him, understand that he comes into that probably 12 to 15 tight end range this week. Not great. I would sit their kicker, Brandon McManus, and I would sit the defense against Minnesota, allowing the third fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. Um, I'm just really excited about the Vikings right now coming off that big win versus the Cowboys. Sorry, Cowboys fans, but that was a great game. I enjoyed watching it. Um, anyways, let's move on to the next game now. All right, so here's what we're looking at. Bills versus Dolphins. Let's start off with the Bills and Josh Allen. Dolphins give the ninth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, and Josh Allen has 21 or more fantasy points in four straight games. You have to start this guy. He has been phenomenal. He's not doing it all in the air. He's getting a lot done in the ground game, but as we've seen from Allen this year, Lamar Jackson this year, Kyler Murray this year, um, few guys can do it. Not many, but a few guys can get that little bit of boost in fantasy leagues and be just fine. Now we've got Devin Singletary. Uh, I think he's a play this week. He is very risky. He is very inconsistent. And a lot of his numbers come from his ability to be very versatile in the passing game and keep himself on the field. But, and again, I know there's some risk there like I just mentioned, but he plays the Dolphins, can be six most fantasy points to opposing running backs. And in a game where I think the Bills want to play defense and run the ball, I definitely think that they're going to they're gonna probably be quite successful in that. I would play Singletary this week as a flex play or low-end RB2. I would sit Frank Gore. He's totaled just seven fantasy points in the last three weeks combined. Sit Frank Gore. Uh, he is honestly, he was starting off the year great, and I think a lot of people got hyped. They got excited. 36-year-old running back has really been relegated to more of a mentor for Devin Singletary. John Brown, you got to sit this guy. He has gotten four or five catches every single game since week three. He is a good PPR play, comes in as a wide receiver two or three, and a low-end wide receiver three in standard leagues. Um, he does get a huge boost from being Josh Allen's number one target. I would sit Dawson Knox. I would sit their kicker, Stephen Hushka, however you pronounce that. And I would start the Bills defense versus the Dolphins. Dolphins have been good over the last few games, but I don't have the last two games, excuse me. But this is probably going to be one of the toughest defenses that they'll play all year, and especially over the last few weeks. Flipping on sides now, I'm going to keep this real short and simple. I'm not huge on the Dolphins this week. Um, Bills giving the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks mean I don't trust Fitzpatrick. I also don't trust Kalen Balaj. This was his big week. This was his big fantasy start. He had 20 carries and four catches and managed just eight and a half fantasy points in PPR leagues. Eight and a half of his points came from four catches, or excuse me, four of his points, four of his eight and a half points came from catches. So PPR leagues, that's even worse. In standard leagues, he got you just four and a half points. I don't think you can trust Cam Blage. I would sit him. The one guy that I would consider starting is Devontae Parker. Now the Bills do give up the eighth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, but based on volume alone as a low-end start at wide receiver three, Devontae Parker being the number one guy in that offense, and having been able to find the end zone a bit more recently, I think he is playable but not great. 
Mike Gesicki, I would sit him. I would sit their kicker, Jason Myers, and I would sit the Dolphins' defense. The last few weeks have been very exciting. Last two weeks have been great for the Dolphins. I think that things are starting to look up, and we're starting to see just how fast the NFL changes. Um, back in the early 2000s or the 90s, it took a team three, four, five years to turn around from one of the worst teams in the league. Now we see the Dolphins, who at the beginning of the year looked like they wouldn't win a game. They're already starting to turn things around. There's definitely some things to be excited about as a Dolphins fan, but I don't trust any of these guys in fantasy this week. All right, Redskins, Jets, here we go with Sam Darnold. I think you should sit Sam Darnold this week. When you look at it, since Callahan has taken over for the Redskins, they have been phenomenal. They have been great. Get this. For the last four games, they've given up just 12 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks and 182 passing yards. That is vastly improved from before that in the first five games when they were allowing over 22 fantasy points per game. So they go from 22 down to 12. That is a huge difference. And of course, uh, he just hasn't been a great quarterback, Sam Darnold. He's been very high and very low, and I see this being a low-scoring game. I don't think Dwayne Haskins and Darnold are going to be able to put up a lot of numbers this week. Speaking of the running game, let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. This is a guy who's been a massive disappointment this year. Now, that's actually something we predicted, but he did score last week, but on the year, his terrible 3.1 yards per carry. Washington does allow the seventh most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I think off of volume and a good matchup, here's what I'll say. He is a running back three or flex play in standards. In PPR leagues, he carries running back two value. The guy's averaging like five catches a game. And of course, like I said before, he's not been very efficient, but the volume alone, I think you got to consider this guy a starter, especially when you really take into account the fact that we've got bye weeks and injuries to deal with. Jamison Crowder has been just a pleasant surprise for the Jets and some fantasy owners. Uh, this last game, he had five catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. The week before, he had eight catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. And you look to week one, he had 17 targets, 14 catches, and 99 yards. He is clearly Sam Darnold's number one target. I definitely think that you should play this guy. In four of eight games, he's had over 81 receiving yards. He is a wide receiver two in PPR leagues and a wide receiver three in standards. We come to Demarius Thomas, I would say is a wide receiver three or flex in both PPR and standard. He's really uh, had a solid day last game, six catches, 84 yards. That was his best of the season. Uh, and he did have that on nine targets. Now it's a little bit high targets for him. Uh, but he has had three consecutive, or not say three different games with nine targets. So that's not too completely out of the normal. I would sit the once very promising Robbie Anderson. He's really been relegated to the third wide receiving role on that team. As far as the tight ends go, we got Chris Herndon. He is back on the IR, leaving Griffin as the clear number one tight end option. He's had three productive fantasy games, but also the other six games, he averages 1.16 catches, 2.67 yards. 2.67 yards. Um, he's just simply too inconsistent to trust against the Redskins defense, allowing the 12th fewest fantasy points to tight ends. I would sit their kicker, Sam Ficken. He has had back-to-back -back games with 12 fantasy points and 14 fantasy points. So back-to-back -back solid games. Uh, but before that, he averages 2.17 fantasy points per game in a probably a low-scoring matchup. And I would sit the Jets defense. The skins are... Um, do give up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. So if you want to take a gamble, you could do that. But they've just been extremely ineffective, and they are not a good defense this year. Um, moving on side now to Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Rob did the notes for this game, and I love the way he broke down Dwayne Haskins. It just says SIT in all caps three different times with many exclamation points. Um, yeah, he's had three appearances, three games, 
zero touchdown passes, three picks. Um, that about sums it up. That's all you need to know. Now, Darius, guys, uh, he should play in this one. Seems like he's back. He's been practicing. He was activated Wednesday from the IR. Um, but he had a bad week one. Skins team is not that great. And they have heavily leaned, Callahan has heavily leaned on Adrian Peterson. I think Adrian Peterson, as a volume play, is not terrible. And he's totaling 383 rushing yards and a great 5.1 yards per carry. He's averaged 18.5 carries a game. So really high usage of recently. Um, during that four, uh, excuse me. As always, I apologize. Reading Rob's notes when he's not here is a little bit difficult. Um, very smart guy. But the way he takes notes is very abnormal. Now, it's funny. He's actually third in rushing, and he is seventh in yards after contact with 3.68 yards after contact, and he's 11th in elusive rating. He's actually been very effective this year. I would call him a low-end RB2 play in standards, but I would sit him in PPR. And as always, it has been a struggle getting through this. But we got Terry McLaurin now. Just give the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. Terry McLaurin is a very talented wide receiver who is completely held back by his quarterback play. When Case Keenum is in, he is phenomenal. With Dwayne Haskins, he has been awful. The great matchup, I think you got to start him, but due to Haskins, only as a wide receiver three or flex play um, in leagues over 12, uh, over 12 teams. But um, there is that. Now, I would sit their kicker, Dustin Hopkins, and all their tight ends. And as far as their defense goes, um, they're a possible start defense. Here's what Rob wrote. The Jets allow the most points to opposing defenses, but the Redskins are 28th in fantasy points scored. Only five plus fantasy points per game. Um, really only desperate play. You could play them, but again, only if you're desperate looking for a stream this week. Not a defense that I'm excited about. Let's move on now. Done fumbling around Rob's notes, at least for a few minutes. We'll get back to the Saints and the Bucks now. All right, let's start off with Drew Brees. Had a bad week last week, but I think you got to start him this week for a few reasons. First off, the Falcons got a lot of pressure. In fact, more pressure than he's had to deal with all year long and more pressure than he will probably have to deal with for the rest of the year. Um, the Saints, or excuse me, the Falcons managed to get some pressure on the Saints. That was very surprising. But what I really like about him is that he's played well and he's got a good matchup. Buccaneers give the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And in the other two, games that he has played this year. He's thrown for over 300 passing yards both of those games. You have to start Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara, you got to start this guy. He's been a bit of a disappointment this year. If you actually break down his fantasy numbers, they haven't been phenomenal. And Bucks do give the second fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, but it's Alvin Kamara. You're going to tell me that you have two, or if you're in a flex league, three better options than Alvin Kamara. I don't buy it. This is going to be a solid bounce back week with Drew Brees. He's going to get the red zone touches that he gets and the targets. Alvin Kamara is going to be fine. Now, Latavius Murray, he had just 19 total yards last week after the Saints said that they were going to remain using him as a heavy part of that offense. Granted, they were losing and they needed their receiving running back in there a lot. But given it is a tough matchup against the Bucks' run defense and the fact that they didn't really hold their promise last week, I don't trust him this week, though it is possible that they will return to using him more. Uh, Michael Thomas, he is playing in the Bucks, giving the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and he's actually first in the NFL, averaging 25.5 fantasy points per game. This guy's been phenomenal. I, I was looking at some research, looking at the numbers. He has been electric, and I just want to read this off to you just to like just brag this guy. He's been great. Um, 10 targets, 123 catches week one. Week two, he gets 10, or excuse me, 10 catches, 89 yards. Then he has five catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown, which is arguably his worst game of the season. Then he has nine catches, 95 yards. Then he has 11 catches, 
182 yards and two touchdowns. Then he has eight catches, 89 yards. Then he has nine catches, 131 yards, 11 catches, 112 yards and a touchdown. Last week he had 13 catches for 152 yards. It has been absolutely a monster. Let's look back to, I believe, week five versus Tampa. He had 50 fantasy points. Then he had 17. Then he had 27. Then he had 29. Then he had 37. He's been phenomenal. He's a must start. It is so much fun watching this guy. Honestly, he is hands down the best wide receiver in the NFL. I fully believe that right now. I'm putting that up there. Call me on it if you think I'm wrong. But the way he's played statistically, there's no arguing anyone else. Jared Cook, he saw a real uptick in targets with 10 targets last week. I think it helps that Drew Brees is back. Drew Brees likes to throw to his tight ends, going back to the Jimmy Graham era. I guess for whatever reason, he just likes his tight ends. That's a huge uptick from previously over the, the few games before he was averaging just four a game. I would start their kicker, Will Lutz. You absolutely got to start him. The Bucks give up the most fantasy points to opposing kickers and start the Saints defense. Flipping sides now, we got Jameis Winston. If you're looking for a gamble as a quarterback, 10 to 15 or 16, Jameis Winston, that's where he sits in my book. Ronald Jones Jr., I would sit him unless you're desperate in deep leagues, leagues greater than 12 teams. He can be played as a flex player, RB2 and standard. PPR, I would sit him in small leagues, sit him. And if you've got good options, sit him. Absolutely sit Peyton Barber no matter what. Um, on the opposite side, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, absolutely start these guys, start these guys, start these guys. They've been phenomenal. Now, somebody did say, uh, they left a comment a couple, it was last week or the week before possibly, where they said, you know, Chris Godwin's production has been down. His production has been slightly down, but it has still been good. And I guarantee you don't have three wide receivers better than Chris Godwin. Absolutely start this guy. Um, Howard and Bray sit these guys. They're really much splitting roles at tight end with Jameis Winston, who just doesn't seem to target his tight ends too much. Matt Gay, you got to start this guy. He is third among kickers in fantasy scoring. Absolutely start this guy and sit the Bucks defense. That's a pretty quick wrap-up, but it is a fun game, exciting game. We'll see how the, the Saints bounce back from their real faux pas week versus the Falcons. But moving on now, let's talk about the Texans versus the Ravens. All right, so who we got? Ravens versus Texans. Battle of the young quarterbacks. I'm excited to watch these guys, and I'll just say it right now. I think you should start both Lamar Jackson and... Deshaun Watson. These guys have been phenomenal. I think Lamar's got a better matchup, though, against the Texans along these seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And don't forget that J.J. Watt is out. This is definitely a great situation for him. Play him. You also got to stay play, excuse me, running back Mark Ingram. He's got eight touchdowns in nine games, plus five yards per carry. And he's got a limited ceiling, averaging just 13.6, or excuse me, 13.6 carries per game. That's because of Lamar Jackson's ability to run in Gus Edwards. Um, they have combined for additional seven rushing touchdowns over that span, um, and they, they just carry the ball a lot. They average between the both of them 19 carries a game. So it just really limits his ceiling, but he still comes in as a solid RB2. Now, Marquez Brown, he's really excited coming into this year, but the Tech and the Texans, excuse me, they do allow the 13th most points to wide receivers, but he's had very low volume. He started off the year very hot, and since week two, his targets have dropped 13, 9, 7, 5, and back-to-back -back weeks of only four targets. For me, in a standard leagues, he comes in as a flex player, wide receiver three, and in PPR leagues, I would consider more of a wide receiver four, a guy you should consider sitting. Mark Andrews is sixth in fantasy points among tight ends. Absolutely start this guy. He's phenomenal. Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers in football. Start him as well. 
As my dad said, he's got in his notes here, the only thing that hurts him is the offense scores too much. It'd be nice to have field goals over extra points a little bit more often, but he's still a phenomenal play, this guy. And start the Ravens' defense. They're averaging 18 fantasy points a game over the last three games. They have been great. Now, Deshaun Watson and the Texans are the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses, but after a long, and excuse me, not but, <laughs> after a long 18 sacks through the first four games, that's four and a half per game. The last five games, they've only allowed seven sacks. That's 1.4 sacks per game. So they've been greatly improved over the last few games, but I still think they're a vulnerable offensive line. Oh, like I mentioned earlier, you got to play Deshaun Watson. Duke Johnson, he's got three touchdowns in the last four games, and he's being used in the passing game. There's certainly times where he has value in PPR as a flex play, but I would sit him. Carlos Hyde, Ravens allowed the eighth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Now, he is 10th in the NFL in carries. He's got a career best 4.7 yards per carry. He's a just fixture and a staple of that offense. In PPRs, I would sit him, but he comes in as a low RB2 in uh, standard leagues. DeAndre Hopkins, he's a top five wide receiver. He's a must start. Play this guy every week, even if the matchup is tough. He's got so much volume. Tight end Darren Fells has six touchdowns in the last seven games. But mixed in there was a game where he had just 1.3 catches, or excuse me, mixed in there was three games where he averaged just 1.3 catches. They still like to use Aiken there, their other tight end who's getting some targets. Start him only in standard leagues because touchdowns are king and that's what matters, but I don't think you can trust him in P, um, PPR. I would start their kicker, Kaimi Fairbairn. Four of the last five games, he's had double-digit points, and the Ravens actually allowed the seventh most fantasy points to opposing kickers. Finally, I would sit the Texans' defense. The Ravens allow the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. Plus, as I mentioned earlier, J.J. Watt is gone, so that's going to hurt them. It's a pretty quick wrap-up, but that is the Ravens versus the Texans and everything you got to know this week. All right, so here we come. we got Falcons versus Panthers. Excuse me, Matt Ryan, start this guy. He's got great weapons. Absolutely play him. Devonta Freeman, he's actually doubtful this week. Now, the NFL's Ian Rappaport reported Devonta Freeman's foot could possibly miss about two weeks with what is believed to be a sprained foot. You're going to have to monitor that and see, but it doesn't seem like he's going to play this week. If he misses, Brian Hill's a guy you have to consider. Carolina Panthers give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs, and Coach Dan Quinn said that he is confident that Brian Hill can take over the lead role if Devonta Freeman misses. Now, Hill offers a lot of size. He is six foot one, 220 pounds. That's something that the Falcons aren't quite used to having that much size out there. He's also proven to be very capable um, and efficient, both as a rusher and a receiver. He's got 28 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown on the year, plus three catches, 24, uh, 24 yards, and a receiving touchdown. So it's nice to see a guy who can do both. He's a bit of a sleeper play this week if you're looking for a flex player RB2 if you're desperate. Brian Hill should at least be on. He's got huge upside. And in Dynasty Leagues, he's one of those guys to just stash and see what happens. Julio Jones is a guy you have to start. He's phenomenal, and the Panthers give up the ninth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Calvin Ridley, same situation, great matchup, except he had fewer targets than Julio Jones, Russell Gage, and Austin Hooper. This is not something that I don't think is going to be the case every single week, but it does concern me to see that when Mohamed Sanu left, he didn't get an increase in usage. This is perhaps due to game plan or whatever it may be. Um, I don't think we've seen enough games to know for sure that his uh, role in that offense will not increase, but it does make me a bit nervous. I'd consider him a mid to low end wide receiver three.
You have to start Austin Hooper if he plays. He's currently marked as questionable, and Erie Rappaport reports that he has been diagnosed with a sprained MCL. So I'm probably expecting he won't play this week, but if he does and when he does, play him. He's got six touchdowns in the last seven games, and he's got four straight games with a touchdown. He is a phenomenal must-start tight end. Absolutely great. Now, their kicker, Young Ho Koo. Hopefully I'm saying that right. If not, I'm probably going to sound like really racist or offensive or something, um, but I don't genuinely know how to pronounce his name. I would play this guy. He scored 15 fantasy points in his first start for the Falcons. He's got some huge upside. I would definitely plug and play him this week if you don't have a really good kicker. In the Falcons' defense, I would sit them. They've scored just 2.1 fantasy points per game this season. Flipping sides now, talking about the Panthers and Kyle Allen. Falcons do give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, um, but the last time, or excuse me, but really struggling here. Anyways, other than a great first game, which is what I'm trying to say, Kyle Allen hasn't been that great. He had a great first game, but since then he's averaged just 12 fantasy points per game. I have to think you can find a better option out there this week. Again, it's a good matchup, but I don't trust him. You could play him if you want for me. He comes in as a quarterback 11 to 16 range as a possible start, but most likely not. Christian McCaffrey's a must start. He's in the MVP race. I'm not even going to break this down. He's a phenomenal player. We also got uh, DJ Moore. He's got back-to-back -back games with over 100 yards receiving against a team giving the seventh most fantasy points to wideouts. Play him as a mid-to-high wide receiver two. Curtis Samuel's another guy you should play as a low wide receiver two or high wide receiver three. He's got the same awesome matchup, seventh most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers by the Panthers, and he's got back-to-back -back scoring games, a bit more of a standard league guy. Now, Greg Olson has 35 catches on the season. He can be a low-end PPR play. Um, he did have eight catches on 80, or excuse me, 98 yards last week, but he hasn't scored since week three. So for me, he comes in more as a PPR play than a standard league play because he's just not scoring enough. Joey Sly, um, you got to play this guy. He's a low-end kicker star, probably a kicker 8 to 12. Um, the Falcons give the third most fantasy points to opposing kickers. Sly started off the air super hot. He looked great, but he has slowed down quite a bit since. And the Panthers, going against a team that give the eighth most fantasy points to opposing defenses, but looked a much improved last week. They've slowed down after a very hot start, but they are in a good matchup. I would play them, but not with super high expectations. And that's the Panthers versus the Falcons. Let's move on and talk about the Bengals versus the uh, Raiders. All right, so here we are. Let's talk about Ryan Finley. Um, rough first start. I don't trust the guy. The numbers weren't there, and A.J. Green doesn't seem like he is going to be back and playing in this game. I wouldn't play Ryan Finley. He looked awful. No offense to the guy. I think he's got a lot of time to develop, but we'll see. Now, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was fourth in rushing in 2018, but this year has been a disappointment. It's not because of a lack of talent, skill, or ability. Heck, it's not even a lack of opportunity. It's just how bad that team has been. For me, he comes in as a risky RB2 start. I would definitely start Tyler Boyd. A.J. Green suffered a setback and likely will not play this game. Plus, when he does play, A.J. Green will need a prove-it game. Um, you can monitor it. There's certainly a chance A.J. Green will be playing this week, but I don't know enough right now to talk too much about that. Uh, so I would play Tyler Boyd against the Raiders, give him the six most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Now we have Auden Tate and Alex Erickson. As number two and number three wide receivers, or possibly the number three and number four wide receivers, um, I wouldn't play them. 
Again, this is a good matchup. They could possibly get some garbage time stats, but which one of those guys will take over and have better numbers? Will either of them have good numbers? Can they play with Ryan Finley and have good stats? I don't trust him. I would stay away from it. Tyler Eifert, after 70, uh, excuse me, after having 74 yards, he did find uh, pay dirt, so to speak. In his career, he has been a touchdown-dependent tight end. Um, I wouldn't play this guy. The Raiders do give the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. I think you could start him in standards possibly, but definitely sit him in PPR. Weeks three through seven, he had two or less catches in those five games, so he's just not getting the ball enough. I would sit their kicker and their defense. Let's move on to the Raiders now. Derek Carr, the Bengals do allow the third most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And besides week eight, he's only averaging 1.4 touchdown passes per game. They just love to run the ball with Josh Jacobs. That's the way that it's been for me. Um, he comes in as a quarterback 12 to 14, uh, Derek Carr does. Josh Jacobs is a must start. Bengals give the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs. They're the worst run defense in the NFL. 32nd right now, allowing 173 rushing yards per game. They're 29th in total defense, allowing 28.8 points per game. Josh Jacobs start as an RB1. He's phenomenal. Now they've got Hunter Renfro. Excuse me. He is, he's a smaller wide receiver. He's a talented wide receiver. To be quite honest, I think he's very underrated. He looks a lot like Wes Welker. I don't know how much I trust him right now. Uh, I don't think that he's a guy that you can play every single week as this awesome, fantastic play, but you could play him as a low-end possible like wide receiver three in PPR leagues based on his targets. Now, Tyrell Williams, uh, after five weeks with a touchdown, he had back-to-back -back weeks where he's been kept out of the end zone. Uh, he should be in for a solid game. He should find the end zone again, at least he most likely will. Uh, for me, he comes in as a wide receiver three or flex play. I would probably consider sitting him in a PPR league. At least that's what Rob wrote in his research here, and I sort of agree with that. He's just not getting enough targets, so you're essentially rolling the dice and saying, please score me a touchdown. And then if he doesn't, oops, big mistake. Darren Waller, absolutely start this guy. Um, he's cooled off a little bit after starting very hot, uh, but he is still third in fantasy points among tight ends. He is second in receptions and third in yards. Start this guy. He's been great. Uh, their kicker, Daniel Carlson, I would start him versus the Bengals along the third most fantasy points to kickers. As far as the Raiders' defense go, we're going against Cincinnati, giving the fourth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. And now with Ryan starting, I definitely think they have to be a great streaming defensive option this week. Um, looks like this could be a very good team, or very, excuse me, a very good week for the Raiders team to continue uh, getting some momentum and playing well. But let's move on now to the Cardinals versus the 49ers. Now we get the 49ers versus the Cardinals. Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is a startled quarterback. In six of 10 games this year, he scored over 20 fantasy points. It does make him risky, kind of high-low, and he does play the 49ers to give the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. But last time he played the 49ers, he had a good day. In fact, the 49ers have given up back-to-back -back weeks where quarterbacks have had solid numbers against them. And in fact, the 49ers defense isn't quite as elite as many would think it is. They're a good defense. They're not just above average. They're a good defense. I will admit that. But I don't think they're the best defense in the NFL. When you look at the quarterbacks they've played, Andy Dalton, Mason Rudolph, Kyle Allen, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, Jameis Winston, um, they've had a field day against bad quarterbacks. They just have. Um, and I'd like to see, you know, really we've seen when they played some tougher matchups like last week versus Russell Wilson. Wilson had a good D. Uh, a good day, excuse me. They're a good defense. They're not a great defense. I think that Kyler Murray can be played this week. Now, David Johnson, last week he had just five carries for two yards last week. He's pretty banged up. And the 49ers give the third fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. It sounds like he could very well not play. 
Uh, I was actually scrolling and I saw an article by Yahoo. So here's what they wrote because I thought it was very applicable and very accurate. Uh, now, Coach Cliff Kingsbury came out and said that uh, David Johnson has obviously been very hampered by his ankle injuries and been dealing with that all offseason. Um, and I quote, he says he is still working through those and getting a feel for it. Further on, he continued, continued and bragged about Kenyon Drake and said, we just felt like Drake um, needed to keep going, needed to get the ball more and keep the ball rolling. That was, of course, in reference to last game when he got quite a bit of touches. And finally, he said that over the next few weeks, they want to see what David Johnson and Drake will do together and run with their roles. So they're talking about what roles these guys are going to have. Kenyon Drake seems like he's going to have a big role. And of course, being banged up, or missing or whatever, David Johnson's a guy you got to consider sitting this week. And if David Johnson goes into this week banged up, limited, or missing, Kenyon Drake becomes a must-start. Now, Chase Edmonds is questionable. He missed last week and will likely miss this week. If all three of those running backs play, it's just a madhouse of carries um, and running back by committee. But it could very well be just Kenyon Drake or Kenyon Drake mainly with a just, just a side helping of David Johnson. So that's my breakdown for that. Hopefully that makes sense. I will update you guys on Friday because it seriously just depends on what's going on there with the health of those guys. You got to start Christian Kirk. After a three-touchdown week last week, he looks phenomenal. He's going to draw some attention from that defense, but he does look good. Now, Larry Fitzgerald, he's averaging just 6.75 fantasy points per game in PPR leagues. I think you got to sit this guy or avoid him. For me, he's a wide receiver four to five. I would sit the Cardinals tight ends um, and Zane Gonzalez. In five of the last six weeks, he has scored 10-plus fantasy points. I'd start him. Uh, for whatever reason, I think some banged up issue that running game, David Johnson struggling. They've stalled out in the red zone. They've kicked a lot of field goals. Play him and sit the Cardinals defense. Jimmy Garoppolo, you got to play this guy. He's looked better since they added Emmanuel Sanders. Debo Samuel looked good last week, and the Cardinals give up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Now we've got Tevin Coleman. He was great from weeks five to eight. He scored five touchdowns in that stretch, but since then he has struggled quite a bit. Now, his value depends a lot on Matt Breida, who's currently questionable. Sounds like he re-sprained his ankle Monday night. And um, the NFL Network's Tom Pelissaro reports that Matt Breida ankle may miss some time. That's exactly what he said. And if he does miss time, that makes Tevin Coleman a startable running back. But, of course, he's got risk. Emmanuel Sanders, he is currently questionable with some rib injuries. If he starts playing him, he's looked very good in games where he's been healthy. Debo Samuels last week seemed a bit out of the norm. He had a big day, but other than that, he's been quite a disappointment this season. I would probably avoid playing him unless... Hmm, that's tough because, you know, it's difficult. If Emmanuel Sanders plays, Debo Samuels gets is, is really demoted to a wide receiver too. A lot of the targets go there. But if Emmanuel Sanders is out, he'll be lining up across from Richard Sherman. Not quite the tight end or cornerback that he used to be, but he's still a good cornerback. I, I probably wouldn't play Debo Samuels this week. I think you got some better options out there. you got George Kittle. I would definitely start him. And their kicker, Chase McLaughlin, comes in as a low-end start with a lot of risk. 49ers defense, I would start them. They've got 26 sacks in the last six games. I think you should play them. They could very well have a good day versus the Cardinals. Let's move on now. Let's talk about the Bears versus the Rams. All right, Bears versus Rams. Mitch Trubisky, sit this guy. He had a big week last week, but that was a fluke versus a very bad defense. Probably one of the worst, if not the worst, pass defense in the NFL. 
in the Lions who allow over about 300 passing yards per game. And it's funny because two of the quarterbacks that they have played that the Lions have really allowed a lot of passing yards to have been Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones, rookies who are not yet developed. And yet Mitchell Trubisky only had 173 yards. He did have three touchdowns, but it took till uh, the last minute or two of the first half for that offense to get going. I don't trust him this week. Absolutely not versus the Rams. David Montgomery, things are really picking up for him. He has looked great in the last three games. He's got 235 rushing yards and three touchdowns. His 3.6 yards per carry simply needs to improve versus the Rams, allowing the 10th fewest fantasy points to running backs. Um, but in large leagues, like 14 teams or larger in standards, he comes in as a running back too. And he's probably a guy to sit in PPR leagues, if we're being honest. Allen Robinson, a wide receiver, he is their best weapon. Um, the downside is he'll play Jalen Ramsey, uh, but he's a really the big target there the number one wide receiver he is the probably the key to their passing game for me he comes in as a solid wide receiver three with a safe floor and limited ceiling i would sit the bears kicker i would sit the bears tight ends but i would start the bears defense against the bad offensive line and a struggling jared goff speaking of jared goff um he lost brandon cooks that offensive line is a bit of a mess, and that Bears defense is good. I think you have to avoid playing this guy week. After back-to-back -back years of improvement, Goff has really regressed. His quarterback rating went down 20 points from last season. He's only got 11 touchdown passes to nine interceptions. Sit this guy for sure. And we've got Todd Gurley. Rob wrote here, this will most likely turn out to be a conservative game, two defenses that are clearly better than the offenses taking the field. Uh, this will allow the, uh, the Rams to really stick with Todd Gurley late in the game. Bears do allow the eighth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Todd Gurley's got to be a running back two starter this week. He has seven touchdowns in eight games. In the last two games, his yards per carry and efficiency have gone up. He's actually looked better as we've gone into the season. Funny for people who were certainly quite worried about his knee. Got Cooper Cup. Um, shocked he got zero fantasy points last week after being a top five wide receiver I'm not worried about it I own him I'm playing this week start this guy he's fine uh, Gerald Everett now the Bears allow these six most fantasy points to tight ends and he's had some good weeks uh, throughout this year he's had some very good fulfilling and promising games there's some risk with him but I would probably start him as maybe a tight end six to ten uh, start Legatron, as they've been calling him, great nickname. I would start him for sure. He's been a very effective kicker. And start the Rams defense versus an awful Mitchell Trubisky. Bears fans, um, my suggestion to you is this offseason, go out and get Cam Newton. I'd love to see what Cam Newton could do in this division. But we'll move on now to the Patriots versus the Eagles. All right, so I think this game's all going to break down two trends. What's going to happen? What are we going to see? Well, the Eagles have a great run defense and an awful pass defense. So I think that really the key to this game is going to be the Patriots are throwing the ball a lot. They give the 15th most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and Tom Brady's got great weapons. you got to start Brady this week. Sony Michelle, they give the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. He's got just 3.3 yards per carry. In standard leagues, he comes in as a low-end RB2 or flex play. Possible play, again, maybe void it, but that's where he comes in, simply because his yards per carry have been low all year. His production has been low all year. He's been fantastic. The production comes in and that they get to the goal line, they give him a carry, boom, he scores. 
So I think he can be played in standard leagues. Definitely should be sat in PPR leagues. Now, James White, um, he rushed the ball nine times for 38 yards and a touchdown. Plus, he got two of his three targets for 46 yards last week against the Ravens. But that was just an anomaly for the Patriots, who simply haven't been down all year. I don't expect they're going to be down big to the Eagles. I don't think that James White's going to have the production that he had last week. And other than last week, he just has not been that great of a player. I would sit James White. Julian Edelman's a must-start, just plain and simple. Eagles give the eighth most fantasy points to watch receivers start Julian Edelman. I would also start Mohamed Sanu. If last week was any indication of what he's going to be able to do, he looks great. 14 targets, 10 catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Now, like I just said, I don't think they're ever going to be down like that, especially against a team like the Eagles. But you also take in a game script where they give up a lot of passing yards, but they don't give up many rushing yards. So I think game script helps them. As far as all other Patriots wide receivers and tight ends, I would sit them. I would start kicker Nick Folk and the Patriots defense. Flipping sides now, we'll talk about Carson Wentz. He's thrown just one touchdown in four of his last five games. In the one game where he threw more than one touchdown, he threw two touchdowns. So <laughs> he hasn't looked great. Um, the Patriots give the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. I would consider sitting him and finding another option. Now we've got Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. The Patriots also give up the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. Um, Howard is out carrying Miles Sanders. Um, last week he had 10 carries for 42 yards, Sanders did, whereas we had much more effective from Jordan Howard. Um, he also is the guy who handles the goal line carries. He's got six rushing touchdowns in the last seven weeks. Jordan Howard can be played as a standard league RB2. Um, Miles Sanders probably can't be played, possibly as a flex play in PPR leagues, but that's it. I would avoid playing him. And I would also avoid playing Jordan Howard in PPR leagues if possible. Alshon Jeffrey, he's questionable this week and banged up. The Patriots give the fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and he dropped three catches last week. I think it's time to look for a different wide receiver this week. I really think that it is. Now, Nelson Aguilar, again, the tough matchup, but his two big weeks came when Jeffrey and Jackson were both out. Jackson is out again, and if Jeffrey misses simply on volume, he could be played in PPR leagues, but if Jeffrey plays, sit him as well. Zach Ertz coming off a big game, 11 targets, 9 catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Patriots do give up the second fewest fantasy points to tight ends, but I think that you should start Zach Ertz. The tight end position is just too thin. Dallas Godert can be played as a tight end 12 to 16 in larger leagues. Again, he's been very productive, but last week was definitely Zach Ertz's week, and there's not a whole lot of trust that goes in there, but there's not also a whole lot of tight end talent. Um, Jake Elliott, sit him and sit the Eagles defense. Keep that pretty plain and simple. I just don't think it's going to be a great week for them. Let's move on now to the last matchup of the week, Chiefs versus the Chargers. All right, so we'll start off with Pat Mahomes. Dare I say you should start him. Plain and simple, he's phenomenal. And we've got Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. Now, finally, Damian Williams had a chance to play without LaShawn McCoy. And what did he do? He fumbled, which was the very reason that LaShawn McCoy was really inactive last week. Quite honestly, that's what gave Damian Williams his opportunity to play, and then he goes out and fumbles. You have to remember that LaShawn McCoy had a better yards per carry than Damian Williams, and he was uh, suitable in the passing game. He wasn't fantastic. He wasn't as good as Damian Williams, but he was getting the job done. So suddenly you have a guy who can do okay in the passing game, who is having a better yards per carry, better rushing efficiency, and your one advantage over the guy was that you weren't fumbling, and now you fumbled. I definitely have to think that this is going to be a bounce-back week where we're going to see more experimentation from the Chiefs in figuring out what the heck they're going to do in that backfield. It is a mess right now. 
I wouldn't start either of those guys. Let's save some time. Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, start those guys. Tyreek Hill is a wide receiver one, and Sammy Watkins is probably a mid to low wide receiver two or a high wide receiver three. He's definitely got some range there. Uh, Travis Kelsey is also a start. Tight end position is so thin, and he has been so effective. You have to play him. Now, Harrison Butker, start him with Pat Mahomes. That is a great offense. They score a lot of points, and I would sit the Chiefs defense. Flipping sides now to the Chargers, Phillip Rivers. For me, he comes in as a low-end start. The Chiefs do give the eighth most fantasy points to wide receiver, or excuse me, to opposing quarterbacks. But here's a concern. They've really leaned on their running game in the red zone, especially giving up a lot of rushing or gaining a lot of rushing touchdowns and not been throwing the ball quite as much. Well, now to Melvin Gordon is a must start. Not only is this a, the Chiefs give the most fantasy points to opposing running backs, but he's got four rushing touchdowns in the last three weeks. He had 22 carries for 108 rushing yards last week. Play Melvin Gordon. He's been great lately. The rust is off. He's the number one back in that offense. He looks awesome. Austin Eckler, he's a low-end flex play in PPR leagues, otherwise sit. Uh, Keenan Allen, not a great matchup. The Chiefs do give the fourth-fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. He's been a bit of a disappointment this year, but you still have to play him. I highly doubt, and I've said this in times past, you may not be happy with his production, but you have three other wide receivers that you like more than him. I tend to lean towards most people probably not being the case, unless you happen to be in an easy league with a fantastic lineup. But there's that. And we got Mike Williams. Uh, for me, he's a low-end wide receiver three. He's only getting like two or three catches a game, um, but he's getting quite a few yards out of it. I would consider sitting him, but he is possibly playable in this sort of a matchup that could very well be a shootout versus the Chiefs. Start Hunter Henry and start Michael Badgley. They've both been great. Henry's been awesome, and Badgley's been a very good kicker. And I would sit the Chargers defense. All right, guys. Uh, hopefully, I didn't talk too fast there. I'm very tired. It is very late right now, but... As always, thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate your guys' support. So leave a comment, like, and subscribe if you love what we have to say. And if you appreciate the advice that we're giving you, as always, guys, thank you. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day and God bless.